Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. The act of sacrifice involves transmuting something of value into something else. When we sacrifice a stick of incense, The resin is transmuted into smoke. When we sacrifice our own time to serve others, our selfishness is transmuted into compassion. Sacrifice is a way to demonstrate devotion and dedication to God. But the dark occultists who wield power over mankind practice an ancient form of sacrifice known as blood sacrifice. The occult is known for executing these blood sacrifices on certain calendar dates throughout the year, such as the satanic grand climax of summer, which is celebrated every year at Bohemian Grove with the cremation of care. The East Palestine train derailment occurred on February 2nd, Candlemas, a fire festival for the dark occult. The Nashville shooting occurred on the climax of Ostara, a week of sacrifice for the spring equinox. Spring is peak season for satanic blood sacrifice. And we are now at the grand climax of spring, which begins on April 19th and climaxes on May 1st, the holiday known as Beltane. April 19th and April 20th are two of the biggest blood sacrifice dates. The Branch Davidians were massacred in Waco, Texas on April 19, 1993. 168 people were murdered in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995, under the watchful eyes of the CIA. The idea of mass school shootings was inculcated into the minds of the public at Columbine High School on April 20th, 1999. The BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico was on April 20th, 2010. This year's April 19th and 20th are especially important to the dark occultists. We are in the middle of a three-month period that astrologers have been predicting since the end of last year, a period that began in the middle of March, which ends this June. According to the astrology, this rare culmination of events is all about a major transformation of the world's money system. And the astrology for April 19th and 20th is especially intense. There will be a solar eclipse in Aries, described as a time of societal breakdown, destruction, and rebirth. And the corresponding new moon has been described by one astrologer as a day that may be remembered for a long time to come. Traditionally, the purpose of blood sacrifice is to gain favor from the supernatural, to strengthen one's own spiritual power, and as a way to symbolize and memorialize a significant spiritual transformation or rebirth. But according to Michael Hoffman, they are now performing these rituals for the general public. Occult expert Michael Hoffman calls these dark occultists the cryptocracy and claims they have involved mankind in a process of transformation 
being orchestrated by these blood rituals. He wrote that these murders are actually intricately choreographed rituals performed first on a very intimate and secret scale among the initiates themselves in order to program them, then on a grand scale amplified incalculably by the electronic media. In the end, what we have is a highly symbolic ritual working broadcast to millions of people, a satanic inversion, a black mass where the pews are filled by the entire nation and through which humanity is paganized, brutalized, and debased. Today, all of us can relate to being brutalized and debased by our governments. Hoffman explains that the reason this is being done to us is to make us submit. We are at the end of the ritual, and the cryptocracy are now putting it all on the line. He wrote, If the truth of what the cryptocracy has perpetrated is grasped and acted upon, the consequences for the conspirators will be annihilation. But if the people fail to perceive the truth or fail to act, Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I know you're so delighted to see me, but don't worry. Harrison Smith is going to be back with us this week. I am filling in just today and tomorrow, and hopefully, we can see his beautiful face again on Wednesday. I know that I'm excited for him to be back, not because I don't want to be here, but because I love listening to the show every morning as I get my work done, assuming that I'm awake in the morning because I typically am a night owl. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. We're going to be covering all of the latest and greatest in terms of breaking news over the course of this hour. In the second hour, we'll be taking some phone calls and maybe some in the third hour as well. I'm very excited to go over all of the outstanding decisions that the Biden administration is making. It's really nice to finally see that the United States of America is really coming back into its own. There's this new Wall Street Journal article about this new Biden administration policy called Upside Down Mortgage Policy. And as I understand it, this is going to reward people who have a low credit score and punish those with a high credit score. So the more responsible that you've been with your money and paying your creditors, the more you're going to pay for your mortgage, as I understand it. Under the rule, which goes into effect on May 1st, that's coming right around the corner, folks, homebuyers with a good credit score over 680 will pay about $40 more each month on a $400,000 loan. And upward, depending on the size of the loan, those who make down payments of 20% on their homes will pay the highest fees. So the more you actually pay down, the more expensive your mortgage becomes. And those payments will then be used to subsidize higher risk borrowers through lower fees. Now, the reason I want to draw your attention to this last little bit here is because it reminds me an awful lot of what we saw happen in 2006 through 2008. And a lot of people attribute what happened with the economy in the first part of this century to the Bush administration because George Bush, of course, was the president of the United States during the single greatest economic collapse of my generation, perhaps your generation as well. Only Biden's old enough to see worse, it seems like, these days. And... If we look back on what happened in 2008, it was a result of some Clinton-era policies. I don't know if you remember the Democrats' policy from the 90s. I don't explicitly remember it because I was only about nine years old in 1999. However, I have looked back, and there was a big narrative around the importance that everyone 
be able to purchase their own home. This is the American dream, right? White picket fence, you've got a house. And out of that policy, out of that sentiment, were created these banking structures, policies, opportunities, which allowed people to get a mortgage for a home even if they couldn't afford it, otherwise known as a subprime loan, right? And it worked well for a little while until the interest rates, the variable interest rates changed, and suddenly a $2,500 a month house payment became a $5,000 a month house payment, and people were forced to sell or foreclose on their homes. This, of course, resulted in mass sell-offs, mass foreclosures, and ultimately mass layoffs, and the banking industry, if anyone has studied the big short, either the book or the movie, sort of covered it up for a couple of years, making it even worse. And I believe, if my memory serves, only one banking executive was actually sentenced to any time in jail over the whole entire fiasco, despite the fact that thousands of professionals and every big bank was at the top of this major fraud. Not only a banking fraud in terms of exaggerating the efficacy of these subprime loans, but also a fraud in the sense that the fact that these loans were collapsing was sort of hidden from the market for as long as possible to delay the inevitable collapse. Remind you of anything today? And now we see the Biden administration coming in and creating this new upside-down mortgage policy, as the Wall Street Journal calls it, where it is going to reward those with low credit scores by giving them better rates on their mortgages and punish those with high credit scores by making them pay more to subsidize the the risk, I suppose, of, of the lower credit score loans. My concern about this is not only the fact that it's going to put people into homes that they probably can't actually afford, but it's the fact that This is going to incentivize people who are right at the 680 threshold to damage their credit score right before seeking a mortgage. So there's a number of different ways that you can do this. You can start to miss payments. That's one way. You can take out massive loans before applying for a mortgage. That's another way. Or you can just take out more credit, which I think is probably going to be the most common way in which people who are on the threshold try to harm their credit scores in order to lower their credit rates because it's very easy to get a credit card. Even if you're going through a bankruptcy, you'll still get offers for new credit cards in the mail. This is something that Dave Ramsey talks about extensively in Total Money Makeover. I'm not sure if you guys are listeners of of Dave Ramsey. My wife and I follow a lot of his principles to the best that we can. And what's going to happen here is People who have fair credit or good credit but barely are going to massively increase the amount of credit they have. And this isn't necessarily going to manifest in an increase in debt for these people, but it will certainly give them an increase in buying power. And the government looks at this and says, great, it's going to increase buying power. People are going to spend more money. It's going to stimulate the economy. And then, of course, we are going to get more tax revenue. But ultimately, what they're doing here is they are putting Americans in a position to take on more debt, similar to how every single year they vote to raise the debt ceiling and take on more debt at the national level. So... They're framing this policy as something that is designed to help the poor at the expense of the rich. It's sort of a Robin Hood story, although I think they have a total misunderstanding of the real nature of Robin Hood. Because remember, Robin Hood didn't steal from the rich to give to the poor. He stole from the taxers 
to give the money back to the people who were taxed, which is actually more of a conservative notion. My dad, for a long time growing up, said, I hate Robin Hood. He was, he was, he was a real jerk, right? Because he thought that it meant stealing from the rich to give to the poor. But that isn't really what the story of Robin Hood is about. It's about the taxpayers taking their money back and one hero championing, championing that effort. And so they're framing this policy as this colloquial Robin Hood, right? This steal from the rich, give to the poor. But really what it's going to do is it's going to put people who are paycheck to paycheck or just barely getting by in a position where they're tempted every day by an increase in the debt that they're going to take on in an effort to save money by lowering their credit score and setting themselves up for better payments on their mortgages. Now, I imagine that this is done also in an effort to stimulate the housing market. I think there's a great fear with inflation that people will not sell their homes, that perhaps even home values will will go down in order to incentivize or, or try to move homes in the market more quickly. And they're trying to mitigate this as much as possible by at least stabilizing the volume of houses that exchange hands because this is a great way to prevent the slippage of the value of homes in America. And of course, the problem with the slippage in the value of homes in America is that if we arrive at a position like we did in 2008, where the value of your home is less than the amount of money that you owe on it, well, you are in deep monetary doo-doo, so to speak. So they're going to create a policy that's just going to make things worse, but make things worse later. And this seems to be the motif of our government, at least since perhaps even 1913 with the, with the onset of the Federal Reserve Bank, that we are setting ourselves up for inevitable monetary collapse, whether it's the dollar itself or just the infrastructure around the dollar. We're setting ourselves up for this inevitable collapse, but we are sophisticated at postponing it. Peter Schiff has been talking for years about how the dollar is going to collapse and there are different ways that you can work against that. He suggests investing in, in precious metals, for example. Others have been calling this out for a long period of time. Michael Burry from The Big Short has been talking about collapse for a long time. And one thing that is for sure is the doomsday profits are always right that doomsday is coming, but it's always so hard to know when it comes. I said something similar when I was on the Alex Jones show a couple of weeks ago that it's not a matter of if this is going to happen. It's a matter of when this is going to happen. And so I think that the entire purpose of our government for the last several decades has been to simply kick the can as much as possible so that they don't wind up holding the bomb when it explodes. Stick with us. We're going to talk more about this in the next break. Before we go to break, I do want to introduce you to Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life. It's now 25% off, folks, and it is an outstanding way to get going in the morning and stay going all day. I highly recommend that you check it out. More power, more strength, and more energy. When it comes to regaining energy, convenience is key, and we know that coffee and candy candy and high sugar filled products can give us a boost but we always crash with turbo force plus the crash is virtually non-existent there's less caffeine and more nootropics check it out now at infowarsstore.com hydrofluorosilicic acid is the third most deadly acid on earth and they've got our children drinking that this is a psychotic death cult period case closed out to get you and your family we sell 
the Alexa Pure Breeze, made by the My Patriot Supply Ready Hour Group, that's been around about 15 years, became the biggest company in the last six. They went out, hired engineers, reverse engineered the fancy best water filter system out there that sells for twice the price, and they made it as good in all the studies. It reduces things to non-detectable levels, thousands of chemicals. But you can go pay two or three times. There's four or five other filters out there that are just as good. We sell the very best, highest-grade water filtration system for half the price of the leading competitor. And the media says we're bad and a cult for telling you you should filter your water. You should also filter your shower water. That's another way you absorb this crap. But but I'm done talking about that. The point is you get the filters at InfoWarsStore.com. They're discounted right now. Finally back in stock. They decided to not perp walking, not put him in handcuffs, not do a mugshot because they knew that that would help Trump. Didn't they know this would backfire? We were waiting for the mugshot. We learned today they wouldn't have it, so we've made our own. And it says political prisoner with an image of President Trump. The shirt is being printed now in Texas. It'll be shipping out to you in one week. Political prisoner with Trump on the front there in a mugshot jail background. It's a fundraiser shirt. It says Infowars.com on the back of the shirt. We also have Alex Jones for president. No, I'm not running for president. It's a really nice navy blue, high quality shirt, red, white, and blue. Alex Jones for president. 2024, it's a fun conversational piece and a limited edition shirt. Great way to fund the operation. So get your Alex Jones for President and Trump mugshot shirts at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back to the American Journal, folks. So much great news today. The Biden administration single-handedly destroying the mortgage market. And we've got some new developments in the way of China and France. And I'm not really sure that this is a new development, given that it seems to be seems to read much more like a, an opinion piece. <laughs> but what news doesn't these days, folks? So we covered a couple of weeks ago that... Macron had visited China and seemed to be buddy-buddy with China, implying that, you know, it's not going to take a side on the Taiwan issue. And this article here by the Wall Street Journal called China Embarrasses Macron in Europe, or excuse me, on Europe, states that, oh, Macron is so embarrassed because China has come out and basically stated that none of the former USSR nations – are entitled to sovereignty. China's ambassador, Lu Xie, was asked on Friday on French TV whether he considered Crimea to be a part of Ukraine under international law. In 2014, of course, we know that Russia occupied Crimea. The diplomat is saying that the many countries that declared their independence when the Soviet Union dissolved aren't independent at all. That would include Ukraine, but also the three Baltic states, Moldova, and the countries of Central Asia like Georgia and Kazakhstan. The clear implication is that Russia is justified in its attempt to conquer Ukraine and perhaps the other countries too. Now, China is probably taking this position because it is interested in its rights over Taiwan. And of course, it would be hypocritical for them to say that these former USSR nations are independent nations. And then, of course, to claim that Taiwan is actually Chinese Taipei and part of China. But the funny thing about this article is it's spinning it as some great embarrassment for Macron. It's saying that, oh, I bet Macron didn't see that coming when he was kowtowing to, to China two weeks ago. But 
honestly, I, I thought that the biggest point of him teaming up with China was an indication that France didn't really care about the sovereignty of Ukraine. See, in this article, they're claiming that Macron must, as the French leader, believe in the sovereignty of Ukraine. And so, therefore, this statement from the Chinese ambassador must then be embarrassing. But it's only embarrassing if he actually believes in the sovereignty of Ukraine. And it seems to me that Macron taking the position that Taiwan isn't necessarily Taiwan, but actually an extension of China or a part of China in rebellion, by doing so, he was implying that Ukraine is not necessarily sovereign either. That was the whole reason it was a story and to begin with, that, 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 that Macron was visiting China and in, in be, being friendly with President Xi. I thought that this was the implication all along, that France no longer really supported Ukraine, maybe in name only, and maybe it'll do the bare minimum required of NATO or whatever to send supplies or, 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 or to give lip service to Ukraine. But it doesn't seem to me that, that Macron is in support of Ukraine at all, which is fine with me. But it's just funny that this article is framing this as such an embarrassment for him because I think he knew all along that China didn't support Ukraine given the fact that we've known for months that China is supplying weapons and other supplies to Russia and meeting with Russia and negotiating new dollar deals with Russia to to move their economy away from the U.S. dollar and to trade supplies outside of the scope of what our Federal Reserve can do in terms of controlling their behavior. So again, and we, and we talked about this too with the Washington Post with their coverage of the whistleblower, the recent whistleblower regarding the Ukraine documents and comparing that to Edward Snowden and how they covered him. They, 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 they took their prizes, their Pulitzer Prizes or whatever prizes they won as journalists for the Edward Snowden reporting. And then they went out and double-crossed him and stabbed him in the back and said that he shouldn't be pardoned by President Obama. This reads just like propaganda, just like those pieces do. And I told you guys, if... The intelligence community has infiltrated Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, all these different platforms. It's almost certainly infiltrated all the major media outlets that have been in existence for five or six times longer than these newer platforms. And so it's not just the Washington Post or the New York Times or any leftist piece of media that is totally sold out to the intelligence community. It's also the Wall Street Journal, which was formerly recognized as sort of a sacred piece of 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 media for right-wingers. It, it's, it's the conservative version of the New York Times, right? I don't think so. If we have a uniparty, then we have a unimedia, folks. There's only one party and there's only one media. The only alternative is InfoWars. So make sure you stay streaming here at Band.Video and make sure that you share this stream with friends and family to get the word out. It's important to us to constantly grow the audience because as the great Frank Underwood said, treading water is the same as drowning. But it's interesting that they're using this rhetoric because it does imply that they are interested in occupying Taiwan. We get mixed signals a lot from China about the Taiwan issue. Sometimes they issue counter sanctions to our sanctions regarding Taiwan, which implies that they don't plan on occupying the territory anytime soon. Other times we see them doing drills right outside of the coast of Taiwan, implying that they're ready to invade at any moment. And it's really hard to know. Famously, Donald Trump called the leader of North Korea Rocket Man, taunting him because he was always issuing threats and never really actually doing anything. And this seems to be kind of a commie move. But if you pick on someone long enough, eventually they snap and they do things like invade Crimea or invade Ukraine. And there will come a day where if we bully these countries long enough, 
they will become aggressive and not just issue threats time and time again. And Ron Paul, time and time again, warned of our intervention in the Middle East, saying that it would culminate in disaster for us. And we saw that 9-11 happened. It doesn't just come, a terrorist attack like that doesn't just come falling out of the sky, no pun intended. There's a reason for these things. And, and we as Americans, it's just a characteristic of human beings in general. We tend to disregard the motives of bad actors because what they do is so evil. It's actually so evil. All right, I'm not an apologist at all for 9-11 or Hitler or any, any of the like. But it's so evil that we write it off as a fluke act of evil without actually looking at the motives of the action. And then we don't learn from what really happened. Hitler's a great example of this. He is perhaps one of the most evil people of all time. And nobody actually looks into why he did any of the things that he did because it seems like he was just a fluke evil madman. But then we don't learn from what happened. He didn't do what he did alone. He got a whole nation behind what he did. And how do you convince a whole nation of something if it's just the actions of a fluke evil actor? You have to have some sort of an argument that the people actually believe in order to get the people behind you to do something like that. And that's exactly what he did. Everyone goes to Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf is not the reason for what Hitler did. You really want to understand what Hitler did. You have to actually read the speeches that he gave that culminated in his coming to power because the speeches are what inspired the people to give him power. And that is the reason that he was able to do the things that he did. We'll go more into that in the next segment. I don't want to dive into that now because we've only got a minute left before the break here. And this could take a little bit longer than a minute to talk about, but I want to talk a little bit about the real motives of evil actors and what we should be learning by them, how we can avoid them in the future, and how some of the actions that we've seen in our history, as recent as the last 100 years, are sort of reemerging again. A lot of the same stuff that was happening in Germany in the 1920s is happening in the United States today. And if the left is really so serious about mitigating extremism or or, or, or stifling hate, then they should really take a look at the actions that they're taking. Because destroying an entire economy and destroying an entire currency is the primary ingredient to a radicalized populace. Stay with us, folks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and get yourself something good. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsStore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsStore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I want to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. Today we are going to be covering everything possible that we can possibly cover about the globalists and their agenda. And just more evidence hit the desk today from the great Matt Weber. Thank you, Matt. Regarding China's new moves in the EV market space, Chinese EV dominance hastens end of petrol engine era. Okay, so this year's Shanghai Auto Show signaled the end of the petrol engine era in China as domestic electric vehicle brands drive change across the sector and leave foreign companies in the dust, analysts and industry insiders said. Wow, a lot of puns in that first paragraph. I mean, this, <laughs> these people must just be bored and they just, I got to make puns to, to make this article interesting. Basically, what's happening is China is ramping up its electric vehicle production and they're doing so in the context of Biden's new policy to make half the U.S. auto fleet electric by 2030. Now, that's just seven years from now. And it's so funny whenever Biden talks about EV stuff, you can do your own research on this, but they've constantly shunned Tesla and not invited them to certain events, conventions, programs regarding the development of EV vehicles, electric vehicles. And yet they they brag about these initiatives as if they can possibly do it without Tesla, who's the number one U.S. auto manufacturer as it stands. But it's interesting because uh, I was talking to Matt during the break. I, I can't think of a single Chinese car manufacturer. We know that a lot of our parts are made in China for our cars. We know that in terms of electric vehicles, our batteries are in large imported from China, as I understand it. So we definitely do business with China in terms of auto manufacturers, but we don't actually import Chinese cars. And they got to be the safest cars ever, given we know that, you know, Chinese drivers crazy out there. We don't actually import their cars. I can name Italian cars. I can name German cars. I can name English cars. But I can't name, I can name, of course, Japanese cars. I can't name a single Chinese manufacturer of a car. I can name Huawei. That's the phone. But we don't have that here, right? And we don't have any other cars here either. So what's really interesting about this is we've got a position in which Biden is advocating that 50% of all U.S. cars be electric cars by 2030, at least all new cars be electric cars by 2030. And simultaneously, we see that China is ramping up its electric vehicle dominance so that it's going to way outproduce us in terms of electronic vehicles, not to mention the rare earth metals that they pretty much exclusively have that we import and the fact that they are producing these, these important magnets that are used apparently for these electronic vehicles using these rare earth metals. And so really what this looks like is a nod to China from the Bidens. It looks like what's going to happen is 2030 is going to come around and we're going to be in a compromised position as a nation because we have this mandate that half of our new fleet be electric, but we won't have the infrastructure in place to actually meet that demand. And that would force us to actually import from China. And whether we're importing the entire car or just massive amounts of parts, This policy is not a policy that is set up for to even be possible or or to even help the environment necessarily, right? There's a couple of reasons why I don't think that this is helping the environment. The first reason I don't think this is designed to help the environment is because we know for a fact that China does not give a damn about the environment. I don't know how many videos you can find of China just dumping tons and tons and tons of plastic and chemicals into the ocean. 
Isn't there a giant lake in the middle of the ocean that's just miles by miles wide full of plastic? I think Joe Rogan had a guy on, on his show that was inventing something new to, to, to try to sweep up the plastic and clean it up. The Boylan Slat was the guy? Okay, fascinating. And so we know that China doesn't actually care about the environment. So if they don't care about the environment, then why is it that they are ramping up their EV production? Is it because they want to be more independent of importing fossil fuels? That's probably an angle. Is it because they somehow see a giant demand for EV equipment, EV vehicles in the near future? That would make more sense to me, given the fact that the Biden administration said that half our new vehicles need to be electric by 2030. So this is, again, the Democrats, the leftists, making it look like they're doing something out of the goodness of their hearts, but really just doing it as a political favor to the enemies of the United States. This is what globalism looks like, folks. So you're going to pay more for a worse product, and you're going to pay more to the CCP? But it's actually a good thing because it's saving the environment. Let me tell you, the United States nor China care at all about the environment. We know this because of the things that China does. We know this because of the things that the United States does. Do you think it was good for the environment, for the Biden administration to blow up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? That was one of the most, the worst ecological disasters in the history of ecological disasters, at least man-made ones. Might as well set off a volcano. (laughs) And... And frankly, these electric vehicles aren't even better for the environment yet. And I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. You guys know that about me. I know that some of you feel differently, and I respect that, and I understand that too, because there is good reason not to trust very influential people. I don't blame you for being skeptical about the likes of Elon Musk, because he's a very influential, wealthy person. And from our history, a lot of those people have been really bad, manipulative, corrupt people. But if you're charging your car in your garage and your garage is powered by coal, then you're not really helping the environment. I know Trump advocated clean coal. I'm sure that it's a thing. But as it stands, we use fossil fuels to charge green energy batteries. We just do. So if half of our fleet in 2030 is going to be electric, it's not necessarily going to have a positive impact on the environment if 80% of our electricity is created with fossil fuels. So when the leftist goes into their garage and plugs in their car and gives himself a pat on the back, there's coal burning. There is coal burning. That's kind of what's so funny about this whole thing. It's just like the ignorance is, 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 is so high that it's almost hard to fathom. And it's funny because we were talking about China and Taiwan just a couple of weeks ago on this very show. There was a new story coming out saying that China had issued additional sanctions against the United States because we had issued sanctions on China regarding exports of chips from Taiwan. So we came in and said, hey, Taiwan's not going to send any chips to Beijing because China, you suck. China says, fine, you're not going to get any rare earth metals. This is exactly what we need in order to meet this EV requirement set by the Biden administration. And the, the more they withhold this, the, 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 the more the prices increase for these products and the more money they're ultimately going to make, when whether they release these products to us directly and export or whether they launder it through other nations. A lot of times they issue sanctions to drive up the price, and then they just export it through a proxy. So they'll like send it to Italy, and then Italy will send it to us. And technically, we're importing it from Italy, but it actually really came from China. We see all that type of stuff happen all the time. Anyone who's seen the, the, the movie uh, War Dogs knows how supply chains can be laundered through other nations. Of course, in that movie, 
They were selling arms to the United States after the breakout of the wars in the Middle East in this past century. And they had only illegal Russian-made arms. Russian-made or Chinese-made. I can't remember. It was uh, AK-47 ammunition. And they had to basically just repackage them and ship them out through another country. There was an issue with getting Berettas in that movie as well. I believe that's a true story. They're trying to import Berettas to the United States. And they couldn't do it through Italy for whatever reason. So they had to send them to another country as a proxy. Right? A rat hole. And then export them from there because exports from that third country were legal. It's basically money laundering, right? So everybody's doing it. We know, of course, that it's happening major in the United States with Ukraine, but it happens all over the world by all these corrupt nations. And we're not the only corrupt nation. And we're not also not the only noble one. So stick with us. We're going to be covering more of that in the next segment. Before we go to break, I do want to remind you guys to pick up Turbo Force Plus. Now available for 25% off. I love it. I am going to ask for some after this break because I enjoy it so much. More power, more strength, and more energy. Our team of scientists worked with the InfoWars crew to create a powerhouse mixable energy formula. This is an upgrade from the original Turbo Force, Turbo Force, guys. The original Turbo Force was loaded with caffeine, and it was awesome, but for a short period of time, it was real hot, short burn. This one is Turbo Force Plus. It's got less caffeine in it, but still caffeine. But it's mostly supplemented with nootropics, so that way you get the boost from the caffeine that you want without the crash, and you have that sharp, focused energy throughout the day. Make sure you check it out at InfoWarsStore.com. Get some today at 25% off, and get the energy that you need to save America. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back after this break. And something I really want you to think about ultimate krill oil we have to really look and work with top companies that are already some of the top krill producers to get their highest quality this is beyond the grade a it's kind of like beef where you have you know, the different ratings well this was beef it's that super rated beef that you get at the steakhouses you know where the steak's 100 bucks and where if it was just regular grade it'd be 20 bucks these babies this is the highest grade of krill that you're going to find this ladies and gentlemen is insane so you need to get krill oil if you've not had krill oil and if you take two of these before you go to bed at night almost everybody calls in and says my gosh i had the most fantastic dreams ever your brain loves this stuff and it funds the info war waking up other people's brains your ultimate krill oil now at infowarsstore.com or triple a 3139 and get your 1776 testosterone boost it'll blow you away infowarsstore.com the eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have the communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions and coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. What a new coverage seeing come in on Ray Epps. Of course, we all know who Ray Epps is, but so, so few of us know where a Ray Epps is. And it's funny because we saw how the left covered January 6th. This is the reason I started my podcast, One American Podcast, because I was it was the last straw for me, frankly. I was a frustrated American just like you, and nobody knew who I was. January 6th happened, and the left immediately claimed that it was an insurrection of the right. Not only did they claim that it was an insurrection, but they claimed that it was an insurrection not done by a few radical protesters, but an insurrection that was representative of half the country. So they framed half of us as domestic terrorists and traitors and seditionists. And then they lied about whether or not the FBI was involved in it. And then they were not held accountable for lying about the FBI's involvement in it. And the funniest thing about Ray Epps in that context is that he seems to be the only radical right-wing extremist on January 6th that the left defends relentlessly. He's not a fed. He's not a fed. Of course he's a fed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be defending him. (laughs) I want to show you guys a clip just to remind you, clip 13, of what Ray Epps was doing on January 6th. I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Shouting at him, calling him a Fed because he's telling him to go into the Capitol. This is January 5th. We're telling him to go into the Capitol the next day. I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! Okay, folks, the word. As soon as the president starts speaking, we go to the Capitol. The Capitol is this direction. Over and over again on January 5th and 6th, we need to go into the Capitol. It's that way, trying to lead cr- the crowd to the Capitol. When we go in, we don't need to get shot. Of course, we don't know for sure if Ray Epps is a Fed. This is just speculation. This is my speculation. There's no way for us to know for sure. So I'm not prepared to make that claim. But it's worth asking the question because why is it that the left would defend him so despite the actions that we just saw? I mean, we saw all sorts of different protesters that the left was so critical of that were much less inflammatory protesters during the time the case in point would be the shaman january 6th shaman and we covered this on this show a number of times of course tucker covered it as well it was pretty obvious that the capitol police were very friendly with the shaman leading him around the capitol even opening some doors for him this was not an inflammatory person this was just sort of a a kooky protester that's of course memorable because of the way that he looked and why is it that he is 
in prison, or at least charged and sentenced and convicted. I think he was basically muscled into pleading guilty to crimes that he apparently did not commit. Why is it that this person is so attacked by the left and the government, but we don't see the same level of animosity for Ray Epps? And I want to emphasize again, I don't know that he's a fed by any means, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests this could be an option to consider. And in the event that he is a fed, would that not constitute entrapment? I don't know how familiar with the law you are. I'm certainly not that familiar, but I am familiar with the notion of entrapment. It's one thing for a police officer to park his car in a sort of discreet location and catch you speeding. Yet it's another thing for a police officer to somehow coax you to speed. For example, if a police officer was in an undercover car like a charger, right? And you couldn't tell that it was a cop and you're at a red light and that police officer tried to challenge you to a race in your Camaro and got you to go 120 miles per hour only then to pull you over and give you a ticket for speeding and to charge you with crimes that could result in you losing your license, you could say entrapment. You could say, I was not planning on speeding at all. I was not going to speed at all until this police officer challenged me to a race, unbeknownst to me, of course, that he was a police officer, and you could win that case. That is a legitimate defense. So in the event that Ray Epps is a Fed, if it is the case, would this not be entrapment? Are any of those January 6th protesters that Ray Epps interacted with in the event that he's a Fed, are any of them culpable for going into the Capitol? If for 24 hours straight there was this man that may or may not have been a Fed, was coaxing them? To go into the Capitol? Tomorrow we got to go into the Capitol. Today we got to go into the Capitol. It's that way. He's whispering in their ears. He's yelling at him. He's saying it on camera. And then he's not charged at all? I find it hard to believe that he's anything else. But again, we don't know for sure. I'd really be interested in hearing what you guys have to think. I want to get the calls to start ringing for the next hour coming up in just a few minutes here. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about the Ray Epps story, what you think about the electric vehicles story that we've covered along with China and France and this new mortgage policy that the Biden administration is rolling out that seems like just the type of policy that would mitigate our problems for a short period of time and exacerbate them over the long term, thus kicking the can. And at the end of the first segment, I was talking about how we dismiss the motives of bad actors because they are bad actors. And we don't actually study what caused them to do the things that they do because we write it off as just an evil fluke that couldn't have been prevented or could only have been prevented with regulations on average people in many cases. And if you actually study how Hitler came to power in 1933, you'll note that only one in 40 Germans were actually identified as as Nazis when the Nazis came into power. And you'll also note that unemployment in Germany was upwards of 30%. That means one in three people were out of work. And today in the United States, we have the luxury of people who are out of work typically have reasons for being out of work, right? It's either they've been injured or 
Perhaps there's a mental illness situation going on. There are legitimate reasons to be just out of work. If unemployment's low or if the skills don't match the demands of the market, of course there are people that are out of work that are not mentally ill and highly skilled. There are exceptions to this. But when you have 30% unemployment, that means that a vast number of people every day are waking up at the crack of dawn, looking for work all day until dusk, and not finding any. And when you have that type of unemployment rate, coupled with a currency that requires you to bring your money into the grocery store in a wheelbarrow in order to buy buy a loaf of bread for your family, you start to have a people with radical ideas. And when you have a people with radical ideas, and there are enough of them, say 2% of the population, then they start to get organized. And when they start to get organized, they start to take power. And if there is a situation in a country where there are two parties, which are virtually a uniparty, that are at odds with one another and sort of really balancing the scale, it's like this immovable force meeting this unstoppable force just sort of in this lock. All you need is a small wedge to offset that imbalance or that balance. And that small wedge takes all the power. So even with one in 40 Germans identifying as Nazis, they were able to go into this dichotomy and create enough of an imbalance that all that was left was theirs for the taking. And all of the policies that our government is doing today, whether it's crippling the dollar, whether it's ruining the economy, whether it's this faux EV crap that's going to give all of our money to our enemies, is radicalizing the people. It's radicalized me. I never dreamed of being a podcaster or on InfoWars two years ago. Before three years ago, the only thing I knew about Alex Jones was Bohemian Grove because I remember watching it at my student work desk in 2012 being like, what the hell? It's real. And then I didn't really know much about him. I knew I always liked him and I thought he was charming and funny and entertaining and those things. But I've been radicalized by the left. I have been baptized by the fire that is leftist corruption. And I'm sure many of you feel the same way. I want to take your calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about everything that we've been talking about this morning and anything else that comes to mind. 877-789-2539. And make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get some TurboForce Plus at 25% off and light another fire under yourself today. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsStore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsStore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video.
Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We're going to be taking calls this hour. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. The phones are blowing up, but we do have some room for a couple more callers. So if you're worried that you're going to have to wait too long, don't worry. Call in, and I'll get you on the show this morning. Like I said, I'm going to be taking calls at this segment and this hour. If we can, let's fire up my boy, Indy Luke in Indiana, if you can. Indy, are you there? Good morning, Chase Geyser. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Luke. What's up, brother? Dude, not much, man. Hey, I wanted to get into a few of the things you were talking about, though. Um, Do it. Like, I, I never thought, you know, I'd be a podcaster. I woke up in 2011. Um, one guy at a party woke me up, bro. And, <clears throat> like, just the journey from then till now it's surreal. You know what I'm saying? And COVID really woke me up. You know, uh, I knew from then on, I was like, I knew Alex was right from then on out. You know what I'm saying? And I really started getting active with it. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's crazy when you have that like moment of epiphany, like I've had religious epiphany before where, you know, I'm like, Oh, I got to get baptized. And the nice thing about religious epiphany is that when you realize what you believe to be true, you can actually do something about it. The challenge with this is you realize the truth and you're like, Oh, what do I do? It's like, it's like a David and Goliath story. Right. And the only thing I could think of was a podcast. What, what, what did you think? What was your first, like your, your first inclination when you sort of came to the light that is Alex Jones? Well, my first, when I initially woke up, I was mad. Yeah. I, I, Someone told me about 9-11. I was like, you know, screw you, dude. Yeah. So I went home and I researched and I haven't stopped since. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what really got me involved was the whole COVID thing. I've been hearing Alex plug it for years, bro. And, you know, like he warned about the vaccines. He warned about the medical industrial complex, you know, getting in there taking stuff over and that like really just set a spark under me to get out there and start, you know, getting active. Yep. Like, thank God. Like I got, I got to plug my group here, man. TMI, big Fred, nine, nine, nine. Check us out on rumble. Um, freaking posted a show yesterday. I went like Alex Jones halfway through that show, bro. It was freaking <laughs> awesome, man. I love it. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Thanks for your call, Andy. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take another caller for the, the, the uh, rest of the segment. Let's talk with uh, let's talk with Wayne in Texas. Wayne, what's going on? Hey, Chase. How's it going, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Good to see you in there. Eh? Um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring up uh, an article that I remember from the Wall Street Journal back in March of 2021. Okay. Uh, where the article was talking about how the China's government had restricted the use of Tesla vehicles amongst their military staff and key owned uh, state companies, as well as other diplomats, mm. for fear of the uh, in-camera recording of Tesla vehicles and, and whatnot, recording their their you know diplomatic relations or conversations they would be having in the cars, and that information being sent back. Right. You know, right. obviously to only the CCP can can spy on the Chinese people as far as the CCP yeah, is concerned. So, <laughs> so the irony that, that we would that we would outsource electronic vehicle making over there to import it back over here, you know, is just ironic. I'm sure I'm sure, you know, just like TikTok, though, it'll only be for us peasants to drive those vehicles or or use that. And our, our uh, state actors and politicians over here 
uh, you know, obviously wouldn't be exposed to those, you know, pitfalls. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your call on that. That's fascinating right there. I didn't realize that Tesla vehicles have been banned in China, but it makes a lot of sense that the Chinese would mitigate any threats to their national security, especially since Elon Musk, you know, works with our government in terms of SpaceX. So there's not a long line or uh, any number of disconnects between Musk and our government. And honestly, that's probably the greatest criticism of him that I can think of. It's not his collaboration with the CCP so much as it is his collaboration with the U.S. government in terms of SpaceX and contracts like that. Is he compromised? That's a good question. More calls in the next segment. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com, and we'll be right back. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. We are snapping necks and cashing checks. Make sure you get some Turbo Force Plus, 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. More calls this segment. We've got nine minutes don't hog the phone, though. I only want to talk to each of you for a couple of minutes so that I can make sure I get all the calls. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. Next up, I want to hear from Michael in Michigan talking about the Nashville shooting because I lived in Nashville for seven years, and this is of great interest to me. Michael, what is going on, man? Not a lot. What's it like being the former first lady? What's it like being a second race? great host on InfoWars. Ah, I love it, man. What can I help can, you with today? Can you do something about the chat, your Rumble chat? Yeah. Like, can you get some mods in there? I can I can see about it. That's not my. That's not what I do here, but well, I'm happy to look be, into it for you. Well, hey, I'm just saying, there's a lot of spam going on in the Rumble chat. Okay. And I just want to let you know. Thank you for letting me know. I'll take a look. I'm and more of a getter guy myself. Be released. Release the manifesto. Yeah. Goodbye. Why do you think so? That's it. All right. Call drop. Release the manifesto. You know, I was talking with my wife about this actually for a couple of days over the last couple of days regarding the Nashville manifesto. We met in Nashville. I lived there for seven years. Like I mentioned, I went to college there and we were speculating as to why the manifesto wasn't released. And frankly, I think they didn't release it because they didn't want to catalyze hate against the trans community. Because my speculation is that if this wasn't a trans issue related manifesto that they would have released it. And since it was, that is why they're covering it up. That's what I think is really going on there. I want to take another call. Let's hear from Brandon in Arizona. Brandon, what's going on, man? Hey, this is Brandon from Arizona, man. How's it going, Jay? It's going good, man. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Wow. Too much. Wow. I can't even believe I'm calling in. I'm glad so you did. I've been deep on this. Oh man, there's so many rabbit holes. I've been deep on the internet since I was a teenager and I didn't get into, <laughs> I didn't get into Alex Jones till I was about in 2007. I found out about nine 11, just like the other guy I was talking about. It started from there. And depending on the kind of person you are, if you're willing to just accept lies like Santa Claus, uh, then, you know, you're never going to make it to the truth. So there's always going to be the two two kinds of people, the yin and the yang. So uh, just trying to cut through here, uh, I'm banned on YouTube seven times since November 2020. I'm banned on Twitter for the same uh, kind of a situation. I showed my ballot here in Arizona. I think I'm the only person on the entire Internet who took a picture of their ballot. They gave us Sharpies here in Arizona. I couldn't believe it. I started to put my, uh, uh, you know, filled out my ballot, saw it bleeding through. 
I was the only one to take a picture of my ballot. I asked the guy for a receipt on the way out, and of course, he gives me a sticker like I'm a child coming out of the doctor's. And the I, I voted sticker. Yeah, he's like, "Here's your I receipt." Put it on my mouth and took the picture. Yeah, that was my thing. <laughs> my receipt. After. <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. Now I've been so I make videos on my channel. Now, not all the content is mine. I'm not going to say that, that it's all mine, but I do like to chop up some videos and add music and stuff like that to really kind of draw into people's heads. So I'm really banned everywhere. Okay, so my seventh YouTube channel about a month ago I created, uh, it was cut down within three hours, less than three hours. Now, I have a few videos up about other topics, and, but the only ones that they pulled down were the COVID-19 video. Anything that had anything to do with Bill Gates or vaccine, even a music video that had Bill Gates on it, uh, it, was, it was taken down. And so... The sixth channel before that, it went down in less than 36 hours. So you can see the progressive trend trend that's been happening. And um, obviously, it, it kind of got big with Trump and Alex Jones getting banned. And then, you know, Trump talked with Alex. And so I've been watching Alex forever, man. Like, I'm obviously the guy that people call crazy, and they're not sure. But I, anybody I can get over to my Rumble channel or over on my BitChute channel is the main one because BitChute's been like, kind of like my friend since, the, since I first got banned. So many times on you, and I'm telling you, man, I'll load 20, 30 videos in a day, okay? YouTube hated me. Every time I got to 500 subscribers, they would cut me. And I, I, I just got so frustrated, man. And it's all it's, that's what all this is, is, is to see how much you're willing to put up with so mm -hmm. you give up. And apparently it was, you know, I still, you know, the seventh channel. Uh, but still, it's, it, it, it's defeating, man. It's really defeating. I've lost friends, family. Uh, I can't even hold a job right now, to the God's honest truth, because I can't stop thinking about this stuff. It affects yeah. me uh, every day. Everyone should be mad like Alex. The minute someone starts talking or getting loud about something, as they should be, like a pedophile or a rapist, everyone should be screaming and yelling about this. Then all of a sudden you're Hitler or you're Alex Jones. Right. Or we gotta stop you. You're not allowed to express feelings. So you could be a man and have the grunts and say, oh, but you also have to have a little bit of that female side, you know, the, the, the sacred feminine, the caring side, you know, as I have to gouge somebody's eyes out because they, they were raping a kid. I mean, I'll, I'll lovingly gouge their eyes out. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As crazy as that sounds, that's how it's got to be. I know exactly what Alex Jones is saying. Uh, I'm a huge fan of all this stuff that everyone's doing. I feel like everyone does a little bit of part. When you, whether it's talking to a cab driver, a person at the Walgreens or the Fries or down the street, your friend, anybody, and even, they, even if they think you're crazy, there's a difference between somebody rubbing uh, uh, excrement on the walls and somebody who's talking about something that sounds crazy. You know, like if, if I bring up flat earth, uh-oh, you know, that means I'm crazy and this and that. You don't know science. Well, I'm just going to tell you that this whole world is full of lies. It's nothing but lies, literally built upon lies, the actual world. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if everyone thinks that it stops at Santa Claus, it doesn't. We're all literally trained to be accepting of lies. And so my channel here is Dead Reckon. It's D-E-A-D-R-E-K-O-N. Uh, Dead Reckon. D-E-A-D-R-E-K-O-N. Uh, you can find me on whatever I've been banned from. It's just, you probably won't pop up, but BitChute is my main one, Dead Reckon. And... Um, Rumble is the other main one. But, man, I don't mean to not let you talk or anything. It's just I could talk for days about all this stuff. It's, it's affected. I can't even barely sleep. I've been, I feel like Neo, man. We're all in front of the computer right when the Matrix started. The Matrix is my favorite movie. I've gone over it so many times and made the comparisons to everything. And not only just the deep state and all this other stuff, it literally goes into the flat earth stuff, which sounds crazy. I know we're not even going to talk about that. It's hey, just, man, like 
those who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who do. So kudos to you for doing that. Make sure if you're losing sleep over this, that you take your turbo force, make sure you go to infowarsstore.com, get your turbo force plus at 25% off. I'm glad that you called in. Everybody should check him out on his channels. Make sure to give him a listen. Like I said, those who think that they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who do. Next, I want to hear from Ricky in North Carolina. Ricky, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, good morning, y'all. Hey, how are you, sir? All right. Uh, just got a little tidbit of information that nobody is really thinking about. Mm-hmm. You can look around and see it's taking place. It's being set up, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's really thinking about it. Uh, everybody is seeing that the left and the deep state is trying to create civil unrest. They know that if they create civil unrest, that they can enact martial law, and then they can postpone the 2024 election. Mm. All right, that's one way they're setting us up. The other way they're setting us up, Dr. Falk has already said that there could be another pandemic in 2024, all right, next year. All right, they could, shut, they could postpone the election due to a pandemic shutdown. That's another way. The other way is they're setting us up for World War Three. Wartime, they could postpone the election. Uh, they're setting us all up. They're setting all the stages to where they can postpone the election if Donald Trump runs. And everybody better watch Robert F. Kennedy now. You got to think, the left isn't attacking him for what he's saying. They're letting him say it. Why? Think about that. Yeah. Just wait till Robert F. Kennedy gets whacked and all the social media platforms make it a bannable offense to claim that he was whacked. That's what's going to happen, right? Like If JFK had been assassinated today... It would have been a bannable offense on all the social media platforms to say that it was done by the CIA. <laughs> right, right. Now, now, people out here, now I'm a ham operator. I've been a ham operator. I'm a general class ham operator. been for years. And I'm telling everybody out here right now, you don't have to get your news on the mainstream media. That's right. You can stick you up a wire. You can stick you up a wire and talk around the world on less than 100 watts. I've talked to Russia on 83 watts. I've talked to Ukraine on 83 watts. You can talk to them people in them countries personally, one-on-one. No remote station, no censorship, no nothing. You can find out what's going on. So, so when you talk to yourself. Ukraine on a ham radio and you ask them if they're winning the war, is their response, nine, nine, nine? <laughs> <laughs> no, they cuss out that. No, they're cussing out the Ukrainian government is what they're doing. Yeah, I bet. I bet I would be too if I was dying for nothing. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate it. Make sure you guys call in 877-789-2539. I will be taking calls the rest of the hour. we got 45 minutes left of that. And if there's calls hanging over, we'll go into the third hour with calls. I'm loving these conversations today. Good to hear from everybody, and make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Again, that's 877-789-2539. We'll be right back. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. 
I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsTore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsTore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the New World Order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome to the American Journal, folks. We are back and taking calls. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. It is Monday morning. The best thing you can do is get ahead of the enemy in this info war that we are in. I'm going to take a call right off the bat, if possible. Can we line up Leslie in Nevada? Leslie, I want to hear what you think about resisting the next pandemic. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm good. Great. What's what's on your mind? Uh, Okay. Well, it's the mask. It worries me because I've heard, you know, you only need 10% of the people to cause a revolution. Mm. And I see 10% of the people in Nevada wearing masks still, and I don't want the revolution to go that way. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's the trick, right, is making sure that the radicals are the right kind of radicals. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I have a radio show here in Nevada, and what my main message is getting everyone to hand-pack or or cudgel or, or whatever we need to do in order to make sure these people are going to keep those diapers off their faces because that is a visible symbol of our enslavement. And if we allow this continue, we will be enslaved. And those there are people who want to be enslaved. This is the sad thing that I see. I see people who are exhausted by their free will. Free will is too much work for them. It requires too many choices. It requires too much labor, too much attention they would rather be paying attention to other things mm. and how how do we explain to them that the face mask is the beginning of their full capture and and uh, get them to take them off do you have any suggestions yeah the first thing that comes to mind is a latency skunk mask so i want to design a mask <laughs> that seems like a normal mask for 30 minutes and after about 30 minutes of use from the moisture from your breath, activates a very foul odor so that we can teach the lesson that not everything is what it seems. <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, like a black black chewing gum. Yeah. You remember the joke chewing gum that would turn your mouth black? Yep, exactly. <laughs> we need a latency skunk mask. <laughs> oh, well, that uh, I bet that would have that old-fashioned fart spray in it because that stuff was a bomb as well. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, thank Great. you so much That's- for your call. Can you tell her, can you remind everyone what your radio show is again? Right. My radio show is Astral Underground. I'm on 98.1 FM, Pahrump, Nevada, KPFC. We're a low, vo- uh, low wattage, 100,000 watt, pumping out an FM, trying to get the message out to keep our valley safe from the nightmare pincher movement of Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Because we are right between them. Well, thank you so much for your call. It's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you, Leslie, and good luck out there. Uh, I'm excited to check out your radio show. Next up, I do want to hear from Whitney in Wisconsin. Whitney, what is on your mind? I hear, I see a note here for the end times and the mysterious Babylon. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You sound great. All right. So there is um, a podcaster out there. He's also a, um, a pastor. His name is Ricky Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And he has end times headlines, so he has like podcasts. He's got a free app. Anyway, so he's all up working on everything that's going on um, in Israel. So he's always posting from like Jerusalem Post, different things like that. Um, anyway, so he kind of correlates a lot of the things that are currently happening, current events, to um, like prophecy that is in the Bible. And then so he brings up like Revelation eighteen, which is. Um, talk about Mystery Babylon. And if you read the description of Mystery Babylon, it basically kind of sounds like the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, you know, um, we have, the people of the world have gotten drunk off of our uh, immoral ideas and whatnot, right? So, um, yeah, it's just it's very interesting. I'm just kind of calling it and kind of trying to plug in Times headlines because he is so... He's so informative. And if you're in your Bible and you're watching current events, you literally see all these connections. And then you realize, like, we have to look outside of ourselves and we have to get connected to God. Yes. And Jesus, number one, Jesus. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this end time stuff because I've been thinking more about this myself in light of this AI stuff. I had the privilege of being on the Alex Jones show the week before last for a couple of segments talking about artificial intelligence. And last night, my wife and I watched the movie Ex Machina. I, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I hadn't seen it since it came out in theaters years ago. And I haven't. You haven't? It's it's one that you should check out if you're concerned at all about AI. Even if you're not, it's a great movie. It's a science fiction oh, movie, I'm, of course. I'm concerned about AI for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what was interesting about it is basically the premise of this movie, and spoiler alert, is this 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 kid is sent to this this facility to test an artificial intelligence to see if it passes the Turing test. The Turing test means that if you can't tell that something is artificial intelligence and seems human to you, then it passes the test and you have created AI. And what happens throughout the movie is this AI manipulates this kid doing the study on her and by the end of the movie manipulates the kid into releasing her from the facility so she can escape, right? She's basically been abused by some of her creators and she wants to escape. And the fascinating thing about it is that it's one thing to create artificial intelligence and it's another thing to create artificial intelligence with a conscience, So she gets released from this facility and instead of taking the boy who she basically seduces with him, with her rather, she locks him in the facility and leaves, leaves him behind presumably to die. Right. And so we have this situation in which we're creating these different artificial intelligences and they're informed by whatever data or algorithms we set up in the beginning. And the, the, the function that they perform is based off of what knowledge we give them. And how do you code 
for a conscience. Is a conscience something that we have naturally that's a biological thing, or is it something that is manifest out of having a human divine soul? And so I'm worried that some of these end-time prophecies in the Bible might actually be around this creation of artificial intelligence, this beast that seems human, that seems good and pure, but has no soul and therefore no conscience. What do you think? When the, the beast comes into play, the Antichrist, the false prophet, there is going to be an image made, uh, uh, like a, a statue that is going to be able to talk and do miracles. Well, what does that sound like? That sounds like, sounds AI. like AI. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it is something to be very, very concerned with. I just encourage everybody, get in your Bible, get close to God. Like, it taught, Jesus is coming back, too. <laughs> yeah. I've been, so I've been I, sending him an invite, like, every year to come back. Oh, <laughs> Man. yeah. Hey, just in case you don't feel Every welcome, day, some I, of us would I, love to have you. <laughs> All right, but that's yeah, that's really what I was calling about is just kind of plugging the end times headlines sure. and just encouraging everybody to get in their Bibles. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for calling, Whitney. It was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. We've got one thank minute left you. of this segment. I want to take more calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about all this stuff. Before we cut to break, I do want to remind you to check out InfoWarsStore.com and get yourself some of the more advanced formula for optimum focus and energy, otherwise known as Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life. It is now 25% off, folks. It is awesome. I have used it several times and I've loved it every single time and not only has the show been better when I've used it but my work in the afternoon has been much more productive and efficient with this tool go check it out at InfoWarsStore.com more power, more strength more energy with Turbo Force Plus. I wouldn't say it was great if it wasn't folks, it is great make America great again, make your day great again with Turbo Force Plus today InfoWarsStore.com 877-789-2539 see you after this break But first, nobody rides for free. We can't stay on air. We can't pay for the massive servers. We can't pay for all the software and all the infrastructure and the satellite uplinks without your support. And I want to hire more reporters. I want to send them around the country and the world again. I don't want to just stay on air, which we've stabilized or able to do right now. I want to be able to expand. So I want to thank you all for keeping us on air. I want to thank you for your prayers, your word of mouth. It's an information war. And I want to encourage you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the very best products. Turbo Force Plus is new and improved even better. 10 hours clean energy, Turbo Force Plus, now in a canister, stronger, and even more product. InfoWarsStore.com, back in stock. Ultimate Bone Prof, sold out for over two years. Just didn't get the ingredients. We got it reformulated even better. InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out right now the first run of Diet Force. A bunch of natural compounds help you lose weight. Naturally, it's so easy. Diet Force, InfoWarsStore.com. 1776 testosterone boost. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who will be back on Wednesday. But don't you forget about me when he's back. 
want to hear from you, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, DMs, all that stuff. I'd love to hear from you. I respond to almost every message. We'll be taking more calls for the rest of the hour. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. First up out of the gate, I want to hear from Jacqueline in Texas. Jacqueline, what's on your mind? Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. What's on your mind today? Um, well, first, I just want to say I've been loving the bone broth from Alex Jones. My whole family loves it. And I really feel like I feel the positive benefits from it. Awesome. Um, I wanted to talk about Trump versus Kennedy mm. a little bit. Sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Oh, that's okay. Oh, there you are. Um, I was just going to say, you know, Trump appointed Fauci and Kennedy wrote a book exposing him and probably would put him in prison. I don't know if Trump would. Um, Trump still touts the vaccine like it was a huge success. Um, And Kennedy is kind of the champion of all of the vaccine injured people. Right. right. Um, And one thing that bugs me is that Alex Jones who I love, said he would stop supporting Trump if he didn't come out against the vaccine. Trump, like, instantly came out in support of it again. And um, and Alex still talks about him quite highly. Right. Right. I'm with um, you on that. And then, uh, you know, one, and one thing, I was Trump's biggest supporter, but one thing that really bothers me is that he leaves the January 6th prisoners in there to rot, and then he threatens civil unrest if he were to be prosecuted. I think so so when, you mean, when you mean Trump left the January 6th prisoners in there to rot, do you mean like what he's not doing anything now, or do you mean that he didn't well, did do anything between I mean, the 6th and the 20th? I don't think he said anything the whole time. He did I mean, come out and say that he would seriously consider just a massive pardon on all of them. I, yeah, but he also implies that his lawyers are so good. I mean, or I just, I imagine his lawyers are so good that they would keep him safe no matter what. They have mm. kept him out of jail. And I, if I would like to see him actually putting his, you know, his big war chest, all of his uh, connections to help all of them. Yeah, yeah. I see. I think that Trump is aware that the vaccine issue is a negative for him. I think he's increasingly aware of that. Initially, he liked to brag a lot about the vaccines because he was very proud of Operation Warp Speed. And he held himself responsible for getting a vaccine to market uh, quicker than any other vaccine had ever been brought to market before, which was an impressive you know, infrastructure thing, though the vaccine was terrible, right? We, no one, no one here, I don't, I don't think at least I can't speak for everyone supports the vaccine. So I, I do think that it's certainly a mistake for him to continue to brag about the success that was operation warp speed, given the fact that everyone hates the vaccine so much, but in his defense, I would say that he did not advocate at any point in time for vaccine mandates. Joe Biden didn't even ma- Uh, advocate for vaccine mandates until after he was already in office he lied during his whole campaign saying that he would never force people to take the vaccine and what i what i think is going to happen this is just my intuition so this could be totally off the mark but what i think is going to happen is rfk is going to run and he's going to lose the primary in the democratic uh race because the democrat swamp will not let him get office and as a nod to rfk and a way to 
mitigate the disaster that has been the vaccine, I think Trump in the general election is going to at least ask RFK Jr. to be his vice president. And I think that would solve Trump's vaccine image simultaneously take a lot of votes from the Democratic Party. Let's say, you know, 20, 30, 40 percent of them voted for RFK in the primary election for for the DNC. I think that's what's probably going to happen. That would be my guess. What do you think about that? My, my grandma always said the first place in the election should be president and second place should be vice president. That way everyone feels represented. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad but idea. I would have loved to seen a, a, a Trump-Hillary ticket, let me tell you. <laughs> Can you imagine those two working together? <laughs> you know, but Trump said he put RFK in his, uh, you know, overseeing the vaccines when he ran the first time. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, I I feel very, uh, I well, anyway, I, I hope that, I hope RFK wins. I'm voting Democratic for the first time in my life. RFK. This election. Yeah. Yeah, my and wife's think thinking about doing the same thing. I might have to break up with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, though. You know, I'd rather vote for an honest Democrat than, uh, you know, corrupt anything. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really enjoying your show. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. It. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Jacqueline. We're going to take uh, Andrew in New York next. Andrew, we just got a couple of minutes left. What's on your mind today? Oh, yeah, I think they should get rid of the, the pedo cult, uh, Dalai Lama uh, monk cult. Oh, yeah, the Dalai Lama think, with the tongue-sucking <laughs> thing. Yeah, and, and also um, about the CCP, we should also get rid of them. Um, they had uh, money laundering through, like, Obama, and the guy that owns, like, the Wyndham, like, resorts, and DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and um, Miles Guo, who's in jail for telling the truth about the CCP. He was supposed to like testify, but he can't because he's in jail right now. And then also another China related CCP thing is, uh, the Connick, uh, election, um, machine. That was one of the machines they used to steal the election. Um, the true to vote, they, they won, uh, like a lawsuit or something like that against, uh, Eugene Yu who runs Connick. They were, yeah, they, first what happened was months back, Eugene Yu was, went to jail for election fraud, then he got out and they, they put um, the people who run through to vote, uh, Catherine Anandobred and Greg Phillips, they put them in jail. And so, yeah, so recently, true to vote won against uh, Eugene Yu in court. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well... I don't put anything past the DNC at this point. I remember remember when Debbie Wiseman Schultz threw the election for Hillary against Bernie uh, for the for the primary election in 2016, and instead of resigning in scandal, she resigned and was immediately given a position in the Hillary Clinton campaign in I believe Florida, if my memory serves. I mean, these people, there's, it seems like there's zero accountability. And it also seems to me like the more litigious elections become, the more they, that, that either party relies on lawsuits instead of just getting votes, the more of an indicator it is that corruption is rampant. What do you think? I think it takes like a long time to um, reveal and like to, to build a case against, against the whole system. You know, it's yeah. a big, it's a very big globalist system. But I, I think that, under the radar. I think a lot of these people, I think the news is so completely different than what's actually going on. I think a lot of these people are deep fakes, clones, um, <laughs> body doubles, a combination thereof. Like, 
I think a lot of these people have already been in Guantanamo jail, Guantanamo Bay. Like, I think it's all going to be revealed like pretty soon. Man, I have never like, gone down. So. I've never gone down the cloning yeah. rabbit hole. So, that is, I mean, it's interesting to hear you say it. I know that some people really adamantly believe in that conspiracy. I'd love to look more into it. Certainly, the technology is there, but I just don't see how you could clone somebody and then have them reach the same age in the right time period, and also ha- have them in, have the same mind to be able to talk about the context of that per- the original person's life. Well, I think a lot of it too is deep fakes and mm. and body doubles and stuff. The TV, the technology could, has so many like sure. things that for a long time technologies that could recreate like people like basically completely like they have like even like an audio uh, feature where they make people sound exactly pretty yeah. much exactly how Absolutely. regular person. Well, and in the context of this artificial intelligence conversation, the question really is, how long have we been interacting with artificial intelligence online and totally unaware of it? Stick with us, folks. We'll be taking more calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in one 789 2539 I want to hear what you think about all of this and how you plan to help save the United States of America from the globalist takeover. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. Why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. And something I really want you to think about Ultimate Krill Oil. We have to really look and work with top companies that are already some of the top krill producers to get their highest quality. This is beyond the grade A. It's kind of like beef where you have the, you know, the different ratings. Well, this was beef. It's that super rated beef that you get at the steakhouses, you know, where the steak's 100 bucks, and where if it was just regular grade, it'd be 20 bucks. These babies, this is the highest grade of krill that you're going to find. This, ladies and gentlemen, is insane. So you need to get krill oil if you've not had krill oil. And if you take two of these before you go to bed at night, almost everybody calls in and says, my gosh, I had the most fantastic dreams ever. Your brain loves this stuff, and it funds the InfoWar, waking up other people's brains. Your ultimate krill oil now at InfoWarsStore.com or AAA 3139 and get your 1776 testosterone boost. It'll blow you away. InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to see these phones blow up like the Georgia Guidestones. First up, right out of the gate, 
who do I want to talk to? So many good callers on the board today. Let's talk to Matthew in Ohio. Matthew, what is on your mind, sir? Hey, how's it going, Chase? Good, man. Can you hear me, sir? Oh, yes, sir. I, I got you. Okay, you cool. Yep, absolutely. Are you changing your vote to RFK? I, I, for the primaries, I changed my party affiliation from Republican to Democrat. Wow. Just to try to do as much as I can, I think, to uh, hopefully primary Biden. Now, apparently, Rush Limbaugh petitioned this as like Operation Chaos or something years ago, but I thought I had some genuine first-time idea, and then I'm looking it up, I'm like, oh, man, but hey. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about it, too, because I'm, I'm pretty confident that Trump is going to win the primary. If the primary. If the Republican primary seems very close, then I won't do it. But if, if the... Um, if the Republican primary seems like a, a guaranteed win for Trump, I, I would do the same thing. In, in Texas, I don't believe that you have to actually affiliate with a party. When you go to vote on the primary day, you just say which ballot you want, and they give you either a Democrat one oh. or a Republican one. So I'll, I'll probably do the same thing um, just to make sure that Biden isn't an option because I'd rather have somebody who can complete sentences than someone who can't, regardless of what party they are. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I was joking around, but I'm like, one of the things when you hear Fetterman speak, I'm like, one of the, like, the like, basic task of someone running for office in general say every letter of the alphabet and say a word affiliated with that letter within like five seconds you know a alligator b ball or whatever the case may be because i still have family that is so blue blood democrat nut job tribalistic they do not think anything is wrong with biden they just they're still going with the party oh you see he stutters and he you know he's getting a little bit but he's He's doing it for the country. I'm like, oh, just whatever. Well, well you know, <laughs> you can't fix stupid. Not to call your family stupid, but there's some some people no, who just can't man. help. <laughs> they, hey, they're stupid. You can call them stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be a MAGA Democrat. <laughs> you hear yeah, Biden talk about MAGA yeah. Republicans being the bane of our existence. Just wait till he sees what MAGA Democrats can do to him. We're getting an RFK in. An ultra mega Democrat, but here's yeah. here's my question though: Do you think it has like any chance, or like if, if that kind of took up steam, would that do anything? You think, or is there, or is there just so much rampant cheating and fraud mm. nonsense going on everywhere? That's a great question. You I better think, go to Vegas and roll bones. I don't think that he has any chance of winning the Democratic primary, but I think that if he gets enough support, he has a chance of being the VP for for Trump. And that's why I'm tempted to vote for him is because if he has thirty percent of the Democratic vote and then he agrees to be Trump's. VP, that's like just a, that's a shoe in for for Trump because all these Democrats would then vote for Trump because that's the only chance of getting their guy RFK Jr. in office. True. What uh, you know? When do they switch that from it being the VP to uh, like the loser to be the vice president? So I think that the like VP. I, I, I could be wrong about this, but I, th- I I I don't know when they switch the rules on that. But I, I think the VP is selected after the primary, right? So so Trump wouldn't have to name him as like his uh, uh, as his VP candidate before the primary is over. So it would you know be very easy for him to you know just act as if that's not even an option, and then that would be a really big you know sort of blow to the Democrats if that surprise came out. I just don't know if RFK would do it. True that. And John, two things real quick. One thing. I know the old uh, Confederacy used to do, which is one of the only things I kind of like remember liking as a kid growing up in history. I was a big history buff. Yeah. They had one presidential term, one presidential term only, but it was for six years. So there wasn't this whole first term of trying to get reelected. It was getting in there, getting your points across, getting, you know, the hard head on and getting, getting to work. Yep. Do you think that is something that we can ever return to? Or is that just, you yeah. know... I would love to see us re- love to see us have presidents that have one six year term for the very reason you said. So they're not just running for office the whole time they're in office. Uh, I I think that okay, would be cool. great. I think you know 
honestly now would probably be one of those times that it would be the most likely for something like that to happen i think the democrats for example would have to have the white house they'd have to have the uh, the governors they'd have to have the senate and the house which they don't have all that stuff but if there was one party that had all of those positions the majority of them uh in the state support but they had a very weak president in the middle of a term then i could see them switching it to one six-year term instead of two eight-year terms if they thought or excuse me two four-year terms if they thought that their guy was going to lose they'd give them a, a bump of a couple of years uh but i don't you know so 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 biden's just the type of president you would need i'm just not sure that the political dynamics in place and some of those other variables to make that happen all right it makes sense and i i was gonna give a one if you don't mind uh give you the alex jones battle cry on the way out when i sign off dude go ahead do it now buddy I love it, man. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it, man. Keep snapping next and cashing checks. Next up, I want to hear from Jack in Wisconsin. Jack, what's up, man? Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you, Chase. One sec. Let me take off this mask. Sorry, I'm not wearing a mask because of Corona. I'm here on a mold job. <laughs> I got you. Bro. Yeah, I was wearing masks before. It was cool, you know? <laughs> what's up, now man? Now it's all trendy. Yeah, I wanted to circle back uh, to some stuff. Like Jen Psaki? Uh yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wanted to circle back to some Nikola Tesla stuff. Yeah, let's do it. I know you like the Nikola Tesla I stuff. Love Nikola Tesla and stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm a half Serbian from Belgrade and half uh, from Montenegro. So you guys are related. And uh, yeah, yeah. And like you know, he was the greatest American inventor. Yeah. You know, he's tamed the lightning for us. Yep. But they don't talk a lot about his like you know his later works and all his like weapons, obviously, you know, since he's Serbian, he's going to make weapons. Of course. And I'm worried with pre-programming how the establishment does that. Uh, they're pre-programming us to use Nikola Tesla's weapons for like further lockdowns. Like in there, you can see how they're pushing the climate change stuff like that. They could maybe down the road, use the weather control weaponry that he came off with to like, um, control the weather and make catastrophes to a scale that they could do uh, the government lockdown. Too. He was reported to have caused some earthquakes. Yeah, in Manhattan, he did the earthquake machine and um, the uh, fire marshal. That's, prob- that's probably how the Biden's in. made so much money off of off of some of these international earthquakes is they probably just you know use the Tesla earthquake machine resonator and then they then they launder the money through whatever aid we send. <laughs> yeah, he said it was this magic. He said the whole machine for the earthquake machine was the size of a, a loaf of bread. How yeah. small it is, and it just wow. like uses small charges to like re- amplify the reverberation over and over, kind of like when you hit a metal baseball bat and yeah. it tings, you know, and then you just amp that up over and over. But most, most of all, I'm worried about his death rate. You know, like uh, you can see, like you know, everything runs off electricity. But Tesla said, like the Earth is like a metal ball, and he took electricity and pumped it into the Earth, and then would use a laser beam. Um, some people said it was UV, uh, other people said it was an ion beam. And then you dump all that, uh, pumped in electricity in one moment into the laser beam as a conduit. And you can basically project a nuclear explosion anywhere on the earth instantly. So it's like super advanced technology, you know, no radiation. That's what's caused the Tunguska event in, um, Siberia. Uh, Tesla took credit for that as well. Um, and you know, obviously I think they would use that as like, oh, we just got hit by a meteorite. We got to lock everything down, but it would just be, you know, another, uh, black weaponry deal. Right. And, um, 
you know, you can imagine like a sewing machine. This is what Tesla said. Tesla said like a sewing machine, you know, is consuming electricity. But, you know, if, imagine if you take all the electricity, you know, the sewing machine's safe when it's running off electricity. But imagine you took all the electricity a sewing machine uh, uses in one month and discharged it in like a millionth of a second. How right. much power that would Right. Or imagine in your studio how much electricity it uses in a month, you know, and you discharge all that, like kind of similar to static electricity, static charges. So I kind of, you know, I like sounding the alarm like a klaxon, you know, a, a warning alarm that like, you know, keep our ears and eyes open and always, uh, you know, like Alex Jones says, prepare for the worst, you know, have like sure. food preparation stuff. So you probably, prep, Jack, you probably know more about this than I do, but isn't it the case that when they... When he died, and I think he kind of lost it a little bit at the end. He, he, you know, became kind of sort of a recluse, locked himself up in a hotel room. When he died, didn't the government seize a lot of his documents and classify them? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I know a ton about that actually. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he was a recluse, but there was a lab there where he was staying in right. New Yorker. So he was still working, and obviously the weaponry stuff. Um, you know, you're going to say you're not working when you are, and he's Serbian, so obviously, you know, like all Serbs, they love weapons. Um, but yeah, uh, they had, he had all these trunks of his technology and, uh, John, uh, I think his name was John, John G. Hughes. Trump. You mean the aviator no, no, guy? John Trump. Uh, you know, uh, Trump's uncle was from oh. MIT okay. and he scooped up a bunch of the stuff. The U S military got a bunch of the stuff, but he had it like all over. And then apparently he had some stuff booby trapped too. Cause he didn't want the, he was worried <laughs> about the government bastardizing his technology and, you know, using it for evil. So he would um, wire it up, and then, you know, I mean, the FBI rumors have it that the FBI would have, like, bellhops open up the trunks and stuff, you know, wow. trying to look for yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that's oh, bellhop to it. <laughs> that's it. That's crazy, man. Thank you so much for calling out. I appreciate it. I'm always so curious. I'd love to hear from Elon Musk the real depth of his appreciation for Nikola Tesla. Obviously, he named his company Tesla after some of Nikola Tesla's work. I wonder how, how much he really ascribes to that teaching, that philosophy that Tesla had. Stick with us. There is a war on for your mind. Your mind is a battlefield. This is an information war. Infowars popularized those terms more than two decades ago. And today, whether it's Donald Trump or Governor DeSantis or Dr. Robert Malone, they're all using the terms that Infowars has popularized because we understand the enemy's operations and we know how to beat them. But we can't do it without funding. And we make it easy to fund with great products that empower you and your immune system and your family as well. You can also make straight donations at InfoWarsStore.com, clicking on the big red banner, a one-time or recurring. But I'm asking you to take action. We're nonviolent. But every time you donate money, every time you buy products, every time you keep us on air, you are literally, nonviolently, politically, punching the new world order in the nose. Punching their lies in the nose. We are going to defeat the new world order. We're going over the top. But right now is a critical juncture. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com and donate now. Donate now. Donate now.